0: Hello, and welcome to the Gale Hill Radio Hour. I'm your host, Kate Jones, having a conversation today with bookstore owner Kate Schlaudeman about inspiration and the particular pleasures of small-sized books. Thank you, Kate, for being on the show.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: So glad you are here. Before we get on to the subject of little books, which definitely have a unique appeal, I think, I'd like to talk just a bit about you, if you don't mind. Sure. All right, here goes. For two years, you worked at the Learned Owl in Hudson, Ohio, before deciding to purchase the store in 2013 from the owner, who was retiring. What inspired you to become a bookstore owner?
1: Oh, I've always loved books. Uh- As long as I can remember. My grandparents had tons of books. My parents had a lot of books. Um, We've just always been a a book-reading family, and it's been my calling, I think.
0: Oh, that's great. So what surprised you about this undertaking, anyway?
1: That's always a, a difficult question. Thankfully, I'd had a lot of experience in the book industry. Uh, I worked for Borders for seven years, which is oh, where I okay. got a lot of my tr- management training and that kind of thing. And then having the opportunity to work in the store before I purchased it, I knew a lot of what I was getting into. Um, so I don't know that there
0: were really any big
1: surprises.
0: Okay. I bet that was hard when Borders went out of business.
1: Yeah, I had left a couple of years before they went out of business. Um, So it maybe wasn't as difficult for me at the time. Um, I still have friends that I work with at Borders. Um, It was a really good community. So it was sad to see so many bookstores disappear.
0: Yes, for sure. And you know, Borders was such, besides a huge chain, it was a huge part of the book world, it seemed. Oh, And then all of a sudden it was gone. Anyway, that's the way things go, I guess. So... So, before you got into the book business, I mean, basically, were you always in it or did you do other things before you got into the book business?
1: Uh, For the most part, I actually started at Du Bois Bookstore in Kent, Ohio, just out of college. So, that was my first bookstore job. Uh, I went on to Borders from there. I did take a little break and I taught English in South Korea for about five years and then I
0: Oh, interesting. How did that all come about?
1: Oh, my sister and her husband were living over there. Um, I had the Opportunity to go visit. I really enjoyed it. Um, Borders was starting to go downhill at that point and I was getting really worn out as a manager. Um, we were expected to work a lot of hours and that kind of thing. So I decided to take a little break and it turned into five years.
0: Five years. So what was it like living in South Korea?
1: Oh, it was amazing. It was such an interesting experience. The culture is so completely different than here. Um, it was very eye-opening and Very exciting in many ways.
0: Okay, what? um, So, what was it like just day to day? I mean, everything would be different—shopping and eating, and you know, just whatever. But is there anything that just really comes to mind that really struck you? Uh,
1: Well, I think probably the most difficult or biggest transition for me is I moved from Vermont to South Korea, and I moved to Seoul, which is one of the ten biggest cities in the world. So, going—that was really the. Biggest oh, difference, huge for me. difference.
0: So, <laughs> yes. Yes. so if you had been uh, been in New York City and moving to Seoul, maybe not so much. <laughs> exactly. So
1: it was quite quite an adjustment, um, but I loved it. You know, big city life is can be really good. I didn't own a car for five years, which was amazing. I could get around everywhere on public transportation. Um, the food was amazing. So, it was a really neat experience.
0: Oh, that's great. Do you, does your sister and her husband still live there?
1: No, they moved back a couple years ago. They're down in the DC area, but they were actually there for 11 years. So.
0: Oh, wow. Well, that's very very what a what an interesting experience. Yes,
1: I was very fortunate.
0: Oh, I bet. So, anyway, you always love books. So, mm-hmm. do you still read a lot? Are are do you consider yourself a passionate reader?
1: I consider myself a passionate reader, but I rarely have time for it, which is the saddest part of owning a bookstore. I do so much, so much of my reading is really catalogs, um, getting ready to purchase for each season that comes up all the new books. Uh, So I do take time when I can, but it's not nearly as much
0: as I would like. Completely understand. So when you have time, what do you most like to read? Uh, most of my reading preferences tend towards
1: mysteries, um, some contemporary fiction. I do like the classics as well, special place in my heart. And I've really kind of started to get into a little bit more nonfiction over the past couple of years. Um, so that's been good and, um, a good way for me to broaden my horizons.
0: I went through a long period of mysteries, you know, just reading one after another. And I always, I just really liked that. And then I went through a little period. It was after the Jane Austen heyday, which was, I think, in the late nineties or something. It was after that. But then, you know, I thought I'm going to read my first Jane Austen. And then I read them all. <laughs> They're really wonderful. They really are. She was such an arch observer of yes. society, and that's what I, I just. I there are some like my favorite, of course, is Pride and Prejudice, and I've read that more than once. That's <laughs> my anyway, favorite as well. Yes, yeah, <laughs> such a wonderful story in every way. So, anyway, besides books, I hear that you're an avid golfer.
1: I am. It's. It is. A good way for me to escape. Um, I spend a lot of time in the store, as you can imagine, most weeks. It's six, seven days. So during the summer, I'm on a Friday night golf league. Um, Thankfully, my mom is on it, so we have a lot of fun. We play against each other, actually. But it's a good way for me to spend time with her, but also get out of the store, get outside, and just really kind of relax.
0: So were you ever much of an um, athletic person before golf?
1: Not so much uh, I'm really much more of a homebody, reading that kind of thing, um, but it's it's been good for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds sounds very good. So, you're also a city councilwoman, I am, and I understand that a book called "Run for Something" proved helpful and inspirational as you entered into local politics. How so?
1: It was, uh, it was something that I came across in the store, actually, um, before I had even decided to run. But it's really a step-by-step guide for people running for city council or any other kind of community office, like what you need to do, the steps of your campaign, your finances. Um, it had a wealth of information for me to be able to reference.
0: Wow. How, that is helpful. Especially, you know, for being a first-timer.
1: Yes, absolutely. It was re- it's really kind of set up for beginners, people that don't know a lot, getting into it. And it was a good way to help me decide if I thought I could do it as well, um, because it's very much, this is how much time you're going to need for these things. This is how much money you need to look at. So it was good.
0: So it was truly influential yes. in your life.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Uh, Have there been any other books that have had that kind of influence in your life?
1: I don't know, honestly. I feel like books for me and the influence they have or what they mean to me in my life all depends on what time period of my life it is. So, you know, different things, so Pride and Prejudice, or sometimes it's where you were when you were reading it or that kind of thing. So, Mm you know, it's very much like music. It's the same idea. Like, you hear a song, and it brings you back to something. Um, So I don't know that I could really pick out any that were super influential in my life, but just general favorites, I guess.
0: Well, I have one, and it stretches back probably to my late 20s or something when I discovered it. And it was the book Illusions by Richard Bach, first published in 1977 and still available this is an adventure story of sorts about the nature of reality and what was so cool about it to me i read it in the 80s it was the first time i ever considered the notion of life being like a movie oh. and you're the director of it essentially yeah and i i was at the time in my Twenties. I was definitely, you know, becoming a seeker anyway. <laughs> and it was the perfect book that has, I always look back, it's not that I've reread it multiple times, but I think of it as this big influence. So anyway, Illusions, which is a paperback with under 200 pages, just a story, really, it's technically a small book. Mm-hmm. Though it's not in the same category as the ones we're going to discuss right now. I think that there is something wonderful about little books that are so beautifully written and designed that they have the clout of a regular size book while at the same time the charm of a miniature. I think that's a marvelous and appealing combination. And I'd like to know what you think, Kate.
1: Oh, I absolutely feel the same way. And it was interesting when... You brought the topic to me because I was thinking about what actually defines a small book. And when you're talking about illusions, it is a mass market paperback, which technically is a small book. So then that was a whole nother realm. But really, what you're talking about, again, comes back to things that are specifically made that way. And done as far as the presentation like it's very well thought out how it is and one of the very first ones that i started thinking about was the nutshell library and it's literally a small little collection of four books like big enough for toddler hands basically Uh And we grew up with those and they're just have always been some of my favorites like um it's four books, it's Pierre, it's Chicken Soup with Rice, it's Alligators All Around, and one was Johnny, which are four of Maurice Sendak's classics, and it was just all in this tiny little box library.
0: Oh, I love that. That's like a little treasure, isn't it? It
1: is, absolutely. <laughs> and thankfully, they still print it, so
0: that's Yes. Good. yes. <laughs> that is great. Well... In a moment, I'd like to talk about a little book that I purchased at your store. But besides that one, um, is there another one that you have a favorite little book, um, or several, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely,
1: and it's neat with the smaller books like that. They are they tend to be thought of as gift books. Yes, Um, they can be great. There's a lot of different um, graduation speeches that have been put into small book format for gift giving, which is really kind of interesting. Oh, yes. So they're just very giftable items. Um, One that I purchased myself just before the holidays when it came out was called Cheese Illustrated, which was just a fun book. Like, I'm kind of a foodie myself, too. So finding something like this, like all of the illustrations are um, hand-drawn. And, but there's very good facts as well, uh, and it's done by region of the world. And it's, it's just a beautiful little book. It's just fun to have on your bookshelf, but you learn from it too.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, I've got another cheese book. <laughs> <laughs> the book I mentioned earlier is The New Rules of Cheese, a Free Wheeling and informative guide. It teaches us how to assemble a stylish cheese platter, expand our cheese palette, and taste cheese properly, and so much more. <laughs> this this is a 155-page hardcover. That's all it is. Not counting the index, but that doesn't really. Um, and it has great design and illustrations, and it also has a purpose. It was written by the late Anne Saxelby, a lauded cheesemonger in New York City and a passionate champion of American artisanal cheese. She was known as a kind and generous person. She died in her sleep at age 40 of an enlarged heart, which is crazy early in life. But her legacy lives on through the Slow Food and Saxelby Legacy Fund. I, I looked up that fund, and this is what I learned. It will provide training opportunities to financially distressed teenagers and young adults, allowing them to apprentice in sustainable systems in agriculture domestically and abroad, the way Anne did. These opportunities can enable participants to return home and have the same impact on their communities that Anne had on hers. And I just think that is so cool. So this charming little book also serves as inspiration, which ties into our previous topic of conversation.
1: Absolutely.
0: Very fun. So I'm wondering, Kate, are there any other books, small, inspirational, or both, that you'd like to mention? You must have you well, you must have a bookstore full of them. <laughs> I do have one or two here. <laughs> and please go on. And I, I'm really interested because I love this kind of thing. Like the New Rules of Cheese, just completely. I smile when I look at it when mm-hmm. I pick it up and go through it. And it is a great gift book too.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think as far as inspirational books, a couple, one of the things that I did really enjoy while I was living overseas is all of my commutes were on a subway. So I was commuting to a school an hour both ways each day. And that was all of my reading time. It was, I never was able to read so much in my life wow. than during that time. And I read a fair amount of Eastern thought. And so two books come to mind. The Autobiography of a Yogi was very fascinating and uh, the other one was um, "How to Meditate" by Ram Dass. Which oh my! Was something that I didn't really know much about, and I actually did get into meditating a bit for a while. And it just can really change your life if you put your mind to it. I think so. Those are two inspirational ones that I got a lot out of.
0: I had a guest on the show not too long ago, and uh, she and her husband meditate every morning. And she said that's where she gets her inspirations for all the writing she does and and is just such a core part of their lives. And they've been married fifty some years. So they have been and they've been doing it since they Got together practically.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Isn't that wonderful? It is. And, it, you know, it's like anything that you do, you just build it into your schedule, you build it into your life, and make the time for it. And it can make a big difference.
0: Yes. And that is building it in. If yeah. you don't build it in, it's just, <laughs> it just goes by the wayside. <laughs> Um so anyway um is there anything else you'd like to talk about what's what's happening with your store and everything else
1: Well the store's been great honestly um we were so thankful through the pandemic we just had such great community support um it's been really wonderful it's been really big hearted everyone has Kind of pitched in to help out and make sure not just my business, but a lot of the other small businesses in town have been able to to
0: get through. Including um, restaurants. Yep, absolutely.
1: Yes. So we're very fortunate to live in the community that we do.
0: Will there be uh, book signings ever again on the horizon?
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And we, we've already started um, to schedule our book signings for this year. We've kind of taken the winter off once again just because we feel more comfortable with it being outside but that's probably one of the things that we learned last summer we were able to have authors outside oh, in front of the store on Saturdays and they it was so well received they got a lot of people coming in and talking to them and so many more than maybe would come into the store on a saturday afternoon so it was really great for them and Good publicity for us, and so we're going to keep trying to do them oh, outside that's a as cool much idea. as possible.
0: Very much so, and I attended. I have attended a lot of um, authors on Zoom mm-hmm. presentations too. Yeah,
1: our the Hudson Library has been fantastic. Um, the caliber of authors, I mean, they've always been really good at bringing in authors, but it, the caliber of the authors has gone up so much since they've been able to do their events virtually. Um, there's just it really opens up what kind of authors you have access to or that wouldn't be able to normally come to a town like ours. Right, so.
0: and that's what's one of the benefits of the pandemic mm-hmm. has been that sort of virtual event. And and I would imagine that in the future, we would have a lot more um, of those presentations also be on Zoom so that so many more people can attend.
1: Yep, absolutely. And I think that this is something... Well, it's it's the hybrid lifestyle that I think will continue on, yes. especially
0: for this kind of programming. Yes, definitely. So, I think that's one thing that uh, when you have to change what you do, what in whatever way, uh, you can take the good from that change mm-hmm. and then incorporate it in your life. Absolutely. So that's terrific. Yeah, it's been good. Anyway, Kate, thank you so much. You're it's welcome. been a pleasure talking with you.
1: You as well. It's always good to good to chat. So yes. thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it truly has been my pleasure. This is Kate Jones. We'll be right back with more of the Gale Hill Radio Hour. Hi, this is Kate recommending yet another book that's beautiful and inspiring. I recently came across Gratitude by the renowned British neurologist and writer Oliver Sacks. You may know him best as the author of Awakenings, which came out in 1973. The 1990 film of the same name, starring Robin Williams and Robert De Niro, was based on that book. Gratitude was published in 2015 after Dr. Sack's death in August of that year. At a mere 45 pages and measuring only 5 by 7 inches, this beautifully written and elegantly designed hardcover perfectly fits the category of little books that have both clout and charm. It's also inspiring in that it tackles big topics— life and death, and it does so in such diminutive form. The book consists of four essays written by Dr. Sachs in the last two years of his life. He wrote one of the essays just before he turned 80, and the other three after he learned that he didn't have much time left to live. Here's an excerpt from the essay, My Own Life, written right after he received his terminal diagnosis. This excerpt appears on the back of the book jacket. My predominant feeling is one of gratitude, Dr. Sachs wrote. I have loved and been loved. I have been given much and I have given something in return. Above all, I have been a sentient being, a thinking animal on this beautiful planet, and that in itself has been an enormous privilege and adventure. Unquote. Thanks for listening to the Gale Hill Radio Hour. I'll be right back with our closing segment. This is Kate again. Speaking of gratitude, I've been thinking lately about how fortunate I feel to be doing this podcast and how grateful I am to those who helped make it happen. To truly express that gratitude, I'll go back to early 2005. I was then in my third year as editor of Northern Ohio Live magazine, a city-regional publication focusing on arts, culture, and lifestyle. My career to that point was in print journalism, at three daily newspapers, a weekly magazine, and the monthly Northern Ohio Live. I had never tried broadcasts, but that was about to change. As a magazine editor, I was invited to be a guest on a couple of Akron, Ohio radio shows, including one called My Beautiful Home, which aired Saturday mornings on WAKR 1590. Through a set of circumstances, I ended up first guest hosting and then serving for 14 years as that show's co-host. My fellow host for all that time was Andy January, who is at the very top of my list of people to thank for the podcast I'm doing now. If it weren't for all those Saturdays that the two of us interviewed an array of guests on AM radio, I never would have seen myself as a potential podcaster. After the show came to the end of its run in 2019, Andy and I were invited to do some podcasting from one of the station's studios. We already were acquainted with Jonathan Walsh, the engineer at the station. And during the time we were figuring out how to even do a podcast, we had a lot of questions for Jonathan. He graciously answered our calls for help whenever we needed it, which was often. As we got to know Jonathan better, He told us about some people who were producing talk shows on Facebook, and he encouraged us to start doing My Beautiful Home with them. We did that for quite a few months, until various factors intervened, including the pandemic, when everything came to a halt. During lockdown, which was an excellent time for introspection, Andy decided to hang up his earphones and concentrate on the family business, January Paint and Wallpaper, a venerable establishment in Akron. For my part, having never hosted a show on my own before, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Then one day I woke up with the realization that I was not happy with the divisive nature of contemporary media and decided to pursue a vague idea about doing interviews that focused on what connects us as humans rather than what divides us. That was the extent of my plan. Not very well formed, I know. From there, I had the opportunity to work with Jonathan and other skilled and very patient engineers as I figured out what I wanted to say and what format to use. After some false starts, I finally developed a name and format that seems to work best for me. That's what you're listening to right now. Along with Andy and Jonathan's early support, which was key... I'm grateful to all the guests, past and present, who I've had the grand opportunity to interview. I get to spend my working hours talking about matters big and small, from the little pleasures of everyday life, or maybe little books, to the mind-blowing concept of what existence is all about, and mostly a whole lot of stuff in between. To my listeners, I offer one more great big thank you. Many, many thanks for being there. This is Kate Jones with the Gale Hill Radio Hour. If you're so inclined, please subscribe, like, and share. It's greatly appreciated. Again, thank you.